0: Greeting with Mike Greenberg, the podcast.
1: Yeah, here we go again. Greeting with you on ESPN Radio. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Unbelievable drama in the late game yesterday. Good weekend of football. Sets up an interesting Final Four. We'll dive into all of it as we go. But I, I was thinking I'd like to hear a little bit of the agony. And not, not it's going to sound bad. It's going to sound like I'm rubbing their nose in it. There's two kinds of friends that you can have. One, when your team loses the kind of heartbreaker that the Bills lost yesterday, who lives to rub your nose in it, who would give you a hard time. Hence, Hembo. That's me. You're that type of person. Yeah, I'm that guy. And then there's the other, who is sympathetic to that, who feels for you, who understands that in some ways it's like a death in the family. Like it's that kind of painful and awful. And that's the kind of friend I am, and that's the kind of friend I want to be to our beloved Christine Lisi, but let's bring her in. You hear Christine every day here doing our Sports Center updates. She's one of my favorite people at ESPN. She's been at ESPN longer than I have, and I've been here 27 years. And she is from the western New York, and she was wearing her Bills sweatshirt on Friday. And if anyone can sort of express the agony that is the Buffalo Bills fan this morning, maybe Christine can do it. Good morning, Christine Lisi.
2: Hi, Mike. <laughs>
1: So how, how talk to me here, Christine. How, how do we feel?
2: I got three hours of sleep. <laughs> yeah. Um, every time I woke up last night, which was a lot, I thought about the game. And uh, it's a very long day at work today, and I have uh, seven or eight more hours left. I love working here, but for a couple of Januaries, late January, Mondays, the last few years, it is not always easy to be here. But I, I do love my job. Let me just make that clear.
1: I've said that many times. That the only time I don't like doing this for a living is when I'm forced yes. to continue to focus. Like if, if the Jets lose a bad game in the one o'clock window, I got to watch everything else that happens the rest of the day. It's my job. I can't use a, 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 any comparison, Christine, to what you had yesterday because the Jets haven't been in the playoffs in 12 years. And here you are again at, at the at, at the risk of of asking an impossible question because recency bias is what it is. As a Bills fan, you've had so many heartbreaks. Mm-hmm. You had a couple of years ago the thirteen seconds. You have the missed kick here. You had Norwood. So many. Like how would you describe the painfulness of this one relative to others?
2: It was awful. <laughs> um, I'm not gonna lie. I, I I actually had I had good feelings about the game and I actually with the um uh I, I'm losing the name of his the receiver in the the Casey receiver who fumbled in the end zone, we got the touchback. Hardman. I thought that I thought we were going to win then, and then the was it fourth and three to Khalil? Yes, that completion. I thought then, and then I just, you know, like I, I the play calling at the end, and I mean, I don't, I don't know, uh, you know, some of the play calls at the end. But I thought we were going to win. Uh, to go back to your question, the Norwood miss was the worst, like because that was the Super Bowl mm-hmm. and it was long enough, and that was, and I, I don't know. I guess I'm making excuses. That was before guys were hitting like, I think before they were hitting like 50, 60, You know what I mean? These yeah. obscene field goals that guys are hitting now, like that was 47 on grass outside and it was like a different era of the game. So mm-hmm. that was, for me, that was the worst. And we've had a lot of them.
1: And yeah, well, the 13 second one a couple of years ago, yeah. I came on the next day and I said, that's one you'll never get. Over. If you're a right. Bills fan, I don't know how you go on living. Right. Like, I, I don't even know how you get up in the morning and, and, and continue to function. So how do you feel about Josh Allen today? You've heard all the conversation. You've mm-hmm. heard the people who want to blame him. You've heard the people who want to take it away from him. You've heard the people like me who are defending him. How do you feel?
2: I don't I don't blame the guy at all. I, I think that uh, we waited 20 years from Jim Kelly to get our quarterback and like I'm gonna ride with that guy and he's my guy and I I don't know I I guess I defend him and maybe that that's to a fault but you know for for somebody who rooted for a team that had no quarterback or we went through a lot of bad ones and I'm not gonna get specific for a long time uh, we got our guy and I just And this stinks, and it's awful, and it's hard. But you know what? Come September, I'm going to be standing the final eight minutes of a Bills game, losing my mind. It's just, it's just who we are, and it's what we do. And you know, you know that, Mike. And like everybody on the show knows that, you you get right back on, and you just you root again and again, and you just I don't know how you give it up.
1: It's uh, at the risk of a dated reference. There used to be a very famous cartoon called Peanuts. Are you familiar with that one, Hembo?
3: I'm familiar. Charlie Brown. I've heard of him.
1: And the girl Lucy would hold the ball like he's going to kick an extra point, and every single time she would pull it away, and every single time he would fall for it, because you just believed one of these days he's actually going to kick it. And you know what happened? It never did. Never does. She pulled it away every single time, and that continues to happen to these poor Bills fans who've literally never won. They made four straight Super Bowls and lost You them know,
3: all. Uh, Christine, I-, I've, I heard people ask the question last week, coming into this weekend, like, who has it worse, uh, Bills fans or – or or lions fans. And with all due respect to the question asker, the answer is bills fans. Like right. bills fans have it worse than anybody. Buffalo fans are the most long-suffering fan, uh, long-suffering fans greeny in all of sports because they have two teams there. They have the Buffalo Sabres, they've played 53 years and never won a championship. And they have the Bills, whose last championship came in 1964 when they were still in the AFL. And very few people within the sound of my voice remember that. With all the close Super Bowl misses, too. It's not close. I mean, even even Detroit has seen the Red Wings win and the Pistons win and the Tigers win. Buffalo hasn't won anything in 60 years. They have two teams, as Christine so art, uh, so articulated well on Friday. It's such a, a tightly knit community, a close group. When you have these two teams and this one team that you just adore, and you haven't won anything in several generations they have it worse than Cleveland than Detroit than anybody by a long shot because of the nature of what they have going for them up there if you're if you're a fan of the if you're a fan of the Lions at least you can point back to times in your life when you, your other teams there want something there is no Buffalo Bills fan there are very few Buffalo Bills fans within the side of my voice that ever have a recollection of winning anything of consequence
1: hang in there Christine we're all we're all supportive of you and if you know you wanted to I don't know, bake cookies to make yourself feel better and then then bring them for everybody, that would be fine. Can I
2: just say one thing? Yeah. I still believe that we could win because of Josh Allen, and I just think that, like, if the Red Sox can win Mm. and if the Cubs can win, Mm. why not us?
1: I'm with you. Someday it'll happen, and and that's why you stay with your team through the ups and the downs because it's going to be that much sweeter when you get there. Thanks, Christine. You made me think of something here, Hembo. Hmm. What cities that have at least two teams... Or what city has waited longer than Buffalo? So you said 1964. So it's 64. I did, I did, that would have been Jack Kemp and the Bills, right? Like they that? won the
3: AFL championship. Right. They beat San Diego in 64.
1: Right. Or, uh, excuse me. In, yeah, in 65. They won in 64 and 65. That was okay. Lou Sabin as the coach. 1965. So no relation to Nick Sabin. So 1965. So that's 35 plus. That's 59 years? Yeah, it's 59 years. 59 years. What what because there are there are towns that have more teams. Like it's hard to compare them to, you know, Detroit has teams in four different sports. New York has like seven teams in the four sports. Um what how many what cities that have at least two teams have gone longer than fifty nine years without a championship? Well let's go
3: through some. So San Diego San Diego had
1: the Chargers and the Padres. Yes, they had them, and the Padres have never won. They've been to... The Chargers have... Well, they may have won as the LA Chargers and the AFL... I don't know that one way or the other. They've definitely not won the Super Bowl.
3: Their only championship ever was in '63 in San Diego.
1: Okay, so then that that's actually longer. Now they've lost one. Even worse, they've lost one of those teams. All they have left is the Padres. <laughs> right, right. So I mean, I guess that's sort of a similar. Right. Um, they
3: don't brutality. count anymore. But that's that's a good comp. It's probably the best comp. But looking through, like looking through all
1: the other areas, like no one. No one is standing out Atlanta to me. Atlanta has the Braves. I'm just thinking through the Falcons have never won. Thinking of the teams that have never won, a, the cities that have never won a Super Bowl. Minneapolis had the Twins. Um, Arizona
3: had the Diamondbacks in 2001. Right. Um, uh, Chicago, obviously. Well, Chicago's got so pl- plenty. many. Plenty. I'm just going. Uh, Atlanta. Atlanta has the Braves, like you said. New Orleans, they got theirs. Uh, Washington got theirs. Cincinnati.
1: Bengals have never won. The Reds
3: have last won in 1990. That's that's a lot
1: more recently, right? Yeah, they had the big red. They had the big red machine since the last time. No, the Chargers or the obviously
3: Cleveland had the had the LeBron team that won the title in 2016. That sort of extinguished their curse. That's
1: the only one, right? The Indians have not won. They lost. No, 48 was their last, right? 40 or
3: 45. Um, Obviously, Kansas City, Denver, Denver just won last year. Vegas, but Vegas is relatively new to the scene. Yeah, so Vegas just got teams. Yeah, I mean, Tennessee doesn't have multiple teams. Neither does Jacksonville. Uh, Indianapolis has won. We're talking about...
1: Nashville does. I mean, Tennessee, they have a hockey team, right? Yeah, but yeah. they haven't had one that long.
3: No, the Predators, right. Yeah, I think, we're, I think we've stumbled on the fact that it's San Diego and Tampa. it's Buffalo. Tampa
1: won in 2002. I'm saying. They've yeah. had Super Bowls. Mm-hmm. They won and with Brady two years ago or whatever yeah. it was. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no, Buffalo, I feel bad for him. I feel bad for him. So So let me... Gather round, boys and girls. Greeny here presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who switch and save with Progressive save nearly $750 on average. Call or click today. Find out if they could save you hundreds on your car insurance. Once upon a time, I was a young man living in Chicago. I was still in college. And the Chicago Bulls had a young star named Michael Jordan. And the best team in the NBA were the Detroit Pistons. And the Bulls were trying to get through... The bad boy, Pistons. And Michael Jordan went to Boston, scored 63 points in a playoff game. He lost. They played against the Pistons. They lost in six. And the Bulls clearly felt like the team of the future. They had the great Michael Jordan. They'd made a really nice playoff run. They'd lost to the Pistons, who were the best team in the NBA. And it felt certain like the Bulls were on the verge of something special. And then they did something that shocked everyone. They fired their coach, Doug Collins, who was a young, energetic, enthusiastic coach who had inarguably done an excellent job, who had once upon a time been the first pick in the entire NBA draft, so he was a very well-known commodity. He's actually from downstate Illinois and played his college ball at Illinois State, so he was sort of homegrown. It was inexplicable that they fired Doug Collins, and they replaced him with a hippie they replaced him with a guy who had been in the cba coaching the albany patroons a guy who had been on the new york knicks championship teams of the early 70s but was mostly known as sort of the offbeat um different you know he was a bench player on those teams sort of a beloved figure in new york back in the day because he had these long arms and had this funky look about him but no one thought Phil Jackson was going to become one of the greatest coaches in the history of sports. Actually, only one person did, and that person was Jerry Krause, and now they boo his widow. But that's a whole other point that we'll talk about another time. But anyway, Jerry Krause identified Phil Jackson, who was coaching the Albany Patroons of the CBA, brought him to Chicago, put him on Collins' bench, and then stunned everyone by firing Doug Collins and replacing him with Phil Jackson. I guess because they had decided that they had gone as far as they were going to go and they needed someone who could take them the last few steps. And that brings us to what Rex Ryan brought up today. And he wasn't trying to make a thing out of this. I can tell you exactly how this began. We're sitting in our six o'clock meeting this morning. A bunch of us are sitting, Rex and I are sitting around the table. Dan's on the cell phone, you know, he's on the Zoom, RC's on the Zoom, Hembo and everyone else are on the Zoom. Rex and I are the only ones in the room, and Rex just turned to me and he said, just watch, that'll be the place Belichick will wind up, meaning Buffalo. There's no one in their right mind who thinks Sean McDermott deserves to be fired. No one. This is a team that was left for dead at six and six. They made a big coaching move there. He changed offensive coordinators at a time when his offense didn't really look broken. And the next thing you know, they didn't lose another game until yesterday. And they went all the way to the second seat and they lose the ultimate heartbreaker in a game in which I thought McDermott acquitted himself. Well, they coached a good game. So no one is sitting here saying Sean McDermott needs to be fired. But the question is, if Phil Jackson is sitting there and you already know he's Phil Jackson, do you make a change? Well, that's actually going on right now. Bill Belichick is Phil Jackson, and he's sitting there. Do you make the change? It's a fascinating question, and I think there are a few things you have to consider before you answer it. So let me pause briefly on that, and then we will dive into that. Should the Bills consider making what I think would be one of the most stunning but maybe brilliant moves in the history of the NFL? talk about it next on ESPN Radio. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to macys.com/giftfinder today. That's macys.com/giftfinder. Brainstorm. What is something that works so well that it's basically magic? Air conditioning, noise-canceling headphones, meeting-free Fridays? What about selling with Shopify? grow grow with shopify sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at shopify.com slash greenie or lowercase go to shopify.com slash now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash greeny. greenie the podcast this is smoke on the water Greeney with you on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. They really are very similar sounding
0: songs.
1: <laughs> what sound was that you just made?
0: The disagreement, uh, disagreement?
1: sound? <laughs> Which one of you just made that? I couldn't both see. Both of us. We both did. We both strongly disagree with that <laughs> statement. Perhaps, but that was a really questionable sound you just made.
4: You're just trying to deflect
1: Tony now. Romo-esque. Can, can you bring that back? I, I would like you, Baba, to Here we go, as you, Jim. as you sometimes do, Go go and, and like isolate just what you guys, the, the noise the two of you guys just made. Happy to. And then bring it back separately, because I think you will be uh, both shocked and embarrassed.
4: I know what sound I mean.
1: What it sounded like. Not great. Not great. All right. Greedy with you here. So I'm going to ask each member of the hashtag crew. Bubba, I'll start with you. And many of you may not know this, but... Um, before his long and, and now, I think, really storied career in uh, radio production, Bubba was an executive in the NFL and was actually at the, at, the, at the knee, if you will, at the right hand of Tech Schramm as Schramm built those legendary Cowboys dynastic teams in the 70s. So no one knows better than you do, um, Bubba, about team building, about creating championships, and, of course, in your particular case, the loyalty that you showed to Tom Landry all through those years. That with that said, with Bill Belichick being potentially available and the Bills now having lost significantly disappointing games um and, and never quite getting it over the hump, despite how great their quarterback is, would you if you were the owner there, if you were advising him as you have in your life, would you say we need to at least make a call to Bill Belichick and see if he's interested? that's another sound was that was that a tape or was that your actual sound that was that was the tape of the sound from earlier it's a terrible sound play it again Uh, that's really (laughs) we sound like dying cats you do you sound just horrendous
0: let's let's i don't think we sound as bad as your take that the two songs are similar oh i i I think you sound
1: you sound way worse
0: (laughs) than that anyway
1: would you do it or not do it papa
0: I think you have to do it. I don't think they will do it. Sean McDermott has four years left on his contract, which I think is a pretty important thing we have to note here. I don't know if the uh, Pagulas are someone that is going to be known to just, all right, we're going to pay Sean McDermott for four more years and then bring in another coach. I just don't see it happening. But, yeah, I mean, this is my frustration with what's happening with Jerry Jones right now. Jerry wants to win. I think he wants to win, but he he wants to win his way. If he wants to win and get a Super Bowl, he should be calling Harbaugh, he should be calling Belichick, and the Cowboys would be in a much better position. He doesn't want to do that. He's hell-bent on winning his way. If the, the Bills were you know, determined to absolutely improve their team, they should call Belichick. But I, there are other factors with the contract, different things. But that's what happens when you give these asinine ex- extensions when someone just makes one, wins one playoff game. So he's, he has four more years on his contract. I don't think it's happening.
1: What do you think, Cam?
4: I think they should not call Bill Belichick. I think there's something to be said for the amount of goodwill he's kind of built up over the years as like getting close but not quite getting over the hump and we're all in this together and I feel like if you if you throw that away you're kind of you're not rebuilding with Bill Belichick cuz he's Bill Belichick but you don't know what it's going to look like. You know it looks really good when Sean McDermott is the coach of the Bills. Not quite good enough, but that doesn't mean it'll never look good enough. You don't know what it looks like with Belichick as the coach of the Bills. It's been kind of a weird year for McDermott, but the second half of the year, he's obviously really acquitted himself well, made the right move at the right time with the OC, which we all questioned. And the second half of the season, he's been really good. Kind of a couple questionable decisions yesterday, but I don't think just because you can't beat Patrick Mahomes that Bill Belichick will necessarily get you over that hump. It might go in the other direction when you weren't expecting it.
1: Yeah, for what it's worth... Belichick did beat Mahomes in the first championship game that the Chiefs made it to in this generation. What do you think, Hembo? I would keep McDermott. It's
3: it's seventy three uh, wins in seven years. Over that time, only Andy Reid and John Harbaugh have more. I, I think if you I think if you fire Sean McDermott, you run the risk of getting rid of a guy that might wind up being your coach for fifteen or twenty years. And in my judgment, like the combination of of McDermott and Allen is is too good of a battery to separate. They're, they're so close. I think their issues are twofold. One, Patrick Mahomes exists. And two, from a personnel standpoint, they just weren't there yesterday. I mean, the number of injuries that they had on their defense was enormous. Like, I think that loss was more on that, more on their front office than it was on coaching. I think he's a really good coach. And I don't think that I'd be willing to punt on a potentially 10, 15, 20-year partnership over the shortcomings in the playoffs.
1: And 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 the while we were away for the weekend, the news came that the Eagles are not making a coaching change. We thought maybe there was still some chance of that when Nick Sirianni went and met with the owner there. They did fire Sean Desai yesterday, who they might as well have fired <laughs> at some point late in the season when they demoted him and gave the job to Matt Patricia. Anytime you've been replaced by Matt Patricia, you're already fired. You may just not they know sl- it yet.
3: They still made Desai like, like be in the booth and like wear a headset. I don't know if it was plugged in or not, but it was pretty embarrassing. Do
1: you think that the Eagles should have called Bill Belichick? Uh,
3: I think they absolutely should have called Bill Belichick. I have no idea if it happened or what he would say if they did. But at this point, like I'm left hoping that the Eagles wind up calling Rex Ryan to become their defensive coordinator. That's the best I can hope for at this point.
1: I'm confused by at least one thing. I saw a note that said that the Falcons are bringing Bill Belichick in for a second interview. What is it you need to know about Bill Belichick a second time? I'm not even sure why you have to interview him once. There were a couple questions they forgot to ask. But, but what is it you're asking? So you've won six Super Bowls. You've led your teams to nine. We've never won eight anything here in Atlanta we in fact had a 28-3 lead against you in the Super Bowl and you came back and beat us what do you need to ask him the second time is it me or does that sound more like Bill is interviewing them than they are interviewing him I,
3: I think it would be a good SNL routine like Arthur Blank interviewing Bill Belichick when he hands over like his his letter of recommendation from Tom Brady with whom right. he won six have you seen my
1: LinkedIn page <laughs> I've been, I've coached to nine Super Bowls
3: he should have gone in with his rings on like go into the interview with his rings on who's to say he didn't just go in
4: with the Super Bowl 51 ring on and just flash it (laughs) in their face I don't hire me
1: I don't get it like I I just don't understand why that's taking as long as it's taking anyway I, I guess I tend to agree with you um Sean McDermott has certainly done more than well enough to deserve to be that coach for a long time I just thought I mean, I mean, I'm old enough to remember when every team was going to consider firing their coach because Bill Belichick was available, and all of a sudden, no one seems interested in doing Unless
3: that. Unless there's some under the surface stuff there that we don't know, I think he's coming back.
1: Uh, un- under the surface stuff, where? With McDermott in Buffalo. Like the
3: like the news this year regarding his, you know, his, his locker room speech, that was kind of a the 9/11 thing. That was a weirdly timed thing to have happen when it wasn't right. it didn't happen this year. Right. So I think there could be some some like some boiling there you might say i don't know anything but i've heard rick rex isn't the first person that i've heard float that me I've heard other credible credible people float that i thought
1: you did i didn't you say like two weeks ago that you thought mcdermott might get fired yes but i wasn't the first person that i heard say that either no
3: he I also said that. credible people so no but my True. point is you're saying now you're kidding.
1: saying it's going to be a 15-year partnership i thought two weeks ago you had him on the verge of being fired no what
3: i'm well but you know then he at that point he still hadn't gotten into the playoffs or beaten Pittsburgh or nearly beaten Patrick Mahomes so things can change quickly I
1: what I'm saying is it wouldn't surprise me if Rex is right but if I were making the decision with the information I have I would keep him okay fair enough Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance and Progressive they're making things even easier they'll help you bundle your home and car insurance together so you can save on both learn more at Progressive.com or 1-800-PROGRESSIVE. When you tweet all that stuff out guess what, guess what? down or, nuts, down or nuts, we got it my favorite tweet of the day. My favorite tweet of the day comes from Jeremy Fowler, our NFL insider, who after the Nicole Hardman play where Hardman from the half a yard line fumbled the ball out of the end zone and it results in a touchback for the Bills, a play that could easily have wound up deciding yesterday's thrilling NFL playoff game. Jeremy Fowler tweeted, Good chance the touchback rule for fumbling through the end zone will be changed this offseason. Momentum behind NFL correcting it. Penalty considered by many to be too harsh. I find it really interesting that he chose the word correcting it not changing it. You don't correct something that isn't incorrect. So it's one thing to say momentum behind changing it. And look, he's tweeting that in the moment. I'm not suggesting he used that word intentionally. It may have just been the word that jumped into his head and he used it. We all understand how that is on social media. But I am taking it at its word. Because I think it is a terrible rule. I think it's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. And I do think that it is a rule that should be and hopefully will be corrected. I was summarily disagreed with on that point on television this morning by rex ryan and by ryan clark and even by dan orlovsky who in our morning meeting agreed with me but those two guys talked him out of our stance and into theirs live on tv this morning baba i'm coming back to you do you believe that rule should be addressed yeah, I was watching and
0: I thought RC and I made some pretty good points and I was starting to be convinced a little bit, but I think I'm still on your side. Where I think it, in the grand scheme of things, I think if anything, maybe send the ball back to the 20-yard line or something. There should be maybe some sort of penalty where you don't just keep the ball right there. So I agree, and that almost goes to Ryan's point where the goal line does mean something. So you don't just keep the ball there. So if you do fumble over the goal line, you have to go back to the 20. So there is a penalty of some sort, but I I do think overall it seems to be sort of a a questionable rule, and I do hope they change it. I'm with you, Greeny.
4: Cam. Yeah, I don't honestly mind the rule that much. One, because, and this is kind of arbitrary, but so many rule changes favor the offense, and it's nice to have something that penalizes the offense when they make a mistake. And I understand it's different at the 50-yard line or the 35-yard line, but the end zone is a specific Part of the field that has different rules already like if you run out of bounds at the 35 it's not a touchdown just because you fumble out of bounds at the 35 it's not you know a touchback or something like if you kick it into the end zone it's a touchback if you punt it in the end zone it's a touchback if the ball goes through the end zone it's a touchback if you go through the end zone with the ball it's a touchdown so it's following all of the rules of the field we just don't like it because it doesn't make sense on you know 20 yards back if you fumble out of bounds then, if you fumble out of bounds close to the goal line, to to me it makes sense with all the rules that are in the NFL. I understand you can change whatever you want, but it's it, it makes sense as a rule.
1: Let me just, if I could push back on that little piece of it. If you want to make it a touchback because everything in the end zone is a touch something, it's either a touchdown or a touchback. That's fine, but it sh- the ball should be the possession of the team that last had it. The defense in the scenario we're describing never has possession of the ball. They punch the ball out of McColl, just using yesterday's play as an example. They punch the ball out of McColl Hardman's hand an eighth of a second before one of his body parts touches the ground and the ball is dead anyway. But And then the ball goes out of bounds through the end zone. At no point does the defense possess it. So in this particular case, the Bills are the defense. And I'm rooting for the Bills in the game, so it's not like I'm – this is not sour grapes on my part. This is just a rule I hate. At no point do the Bills have possession of the ball. There hasn't been a turnover. So a touchback is when there a turnover has occurred. If you intercept a pass in the end zone and you take a knee, that's a touchback. If the ball is kicked off or punted into the end zone, that's a touchback. You now have possession of the ball. In the scenario we've just laid out, the defensive team never takes possession of the ball, and yet we're just giving it to them on the 20-yard line because it got fumbled out of bounds forward when on any other part of the field, a fumble out of bounds forward is not a turnover. I, it, it does not, I understand that the, 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 the yard line being different, but what we're doing is we're also changing possession. So if you fumble on the 40-yard line, I can understand them saying you got to bring it back. If you want to make it into a touchback, that's fine, but it should be a touchback for the team that possessed the ball. Bring them back to the 20 if you want to. That, to me, would be a much better solution. What do you think, Hembo?
3: I think that the loss of possession is, is much too punitive. I agree with Bubba. I think if they wind up rewriting this thing, to give the offense the ball back from the spot of the fumble favors the offense too much. But if you want to run it, say, first and goal from the 20, if you want to run just first and 10 from the 20, with the offensive team, the team that fumbles the ball, getting the ball back... I think that's a good sort of let's meet me in the middle. That way it's not so punitive. You're not discouraging players from reaching for the end zone, which I think ultimately is not something that you want to totally disincentivize. So, Bubba, would you prefer it be first and goal from the 20, first and 10 from the 20? What is the, what is the fair compromise here so that it's not too punitive, but at the same time the offense does get the ball back?
0: Yeah, maybe just do first and goal. I think if we're, if we're going – I think that's probably the safest compromise. What if it's fourth down? Well, then – or whatever, whatever or it was. Or third
4: down, whatever. I,
0: I guess it's whatever it was then. Well, it was, could be then.
4: fourth down.
1: I guess it, it could be – On a fourth – let's think that through. Yeah. On a fourth down, if you fumble the ball out of the end zone – Then you get a first and goal at well, the then, 20. Well, that's why I would
0: say it's whatever it was
4: then. I think it's it, –
1: it, Well, yeah, because at that moment it would then become a, a first down for the other team. The defense then does take possession right, yeah, of anyway, the Right, anyway.
4: So that's why I'm saying third down. Is like is a change that, of, then of they possession. They yeah, then they I'd wouldn't possession. So if it's third down, it,
1: it's third and goal
0: at the 20 now hmm. – Or no no no. no. Well, you should lose the
1: down. Oh yeah. sorry. If it's third down now, it's it's fourth. So fourth and goal from the It should
3: be a loss of down. The ball
1: reverts to the twenty and doesn't become a first down because you're right. Right, correct. If you were to fumble, so then the question becomes: If you fumble on fourth and goal from the one through the end zone, the defensive team takes over at the twenty rather than the one. Right, right. If you just go down mm-hmm. and you fumble and you don't fumble on the one yard line on fourth down, then the other, t- you know, the defense takes over on the one. Mm-hmm. If right. you on fourth down fumble through the end zone, the defense takes over on the twenty. So what I, what I guess we would say is, the down counts. The ball comes out to the twenty instead of going back to the spot from which it was fumbled, and you just go on.
3: So it's a loss of down back to the twenty. We have right. solved this problem in five minutes.
1: I think that would be a better mm-hmm. rule. What, what's the? Mm-hmm i making weird sounds. Yeah, not you guys keep making them. sounds I, instead I, I of I speaking. I'm really Just making
4: sound. sure you guys know that I, I disagree. I'm interjecting. what? What part of it are you disagreeing with? I, ju- <laughs> I just I go back to the point that I think there. It's good to have rules that that disincentivize the offenses. Risk taking at a certain very important part of the field when all these other rules favor the offense. It's nice to have something that rewards the defense in a big way for making a big play at a crucial time.
3: But but in most cases the defense isn't making a crucial play. They did cas-
4: yesterday. He punched out a, a ball at the inch line. In mo- if we watch these back, in most of these cases, it's
3: not going to be that. It's going to be the offensive player losing possession by trying to stretch. You know what? I it don't is. know.
4: Ben Watson chases down Champ Bailey like 200 yards in you know 15 years ago. Like that's a great play. It rewards. 200 yards. He he ran across. You know like 150 yards. He ran across the field and all the way down the field. Not the point of the question. You know, like, it's an
1: interesting example of it, actually. I've always thought, and, and obviously it's, the, the play is adjudicated completely differently, but the Des Bryant play happens because I think Des Bryant, the legendary Des Bryant catch, not a catch, which absolutely was a catch, sure. happens because he's trying to make it a touchdown, right? Des catches the ball, tries to extend it over the goal line, Winds up fumbling it, if you will, and they rule it incomplete. Which was of all the things it was, it wasn't. They reversed that. it. It was that the least. <laughs> it was an. Inc- it was less an incomplete pass than it was anything else. It might have been, um, and that, that that. So I don't mean to to to, to bring up another bad call that. The more I think about it, actually, is less. I'm, I'm just saying I don't know that we want to disincentivize guys stretching for the goal line. Right? Like stretching for the goal line should be—it's a natural instinct. I'm trying to get the ball into the end zone.
4: You can do it, but just know that you have the chance of losing possession of the ball. I think it's a—it's a good wrinkle to the game that makes sense within all the rules that we have in the NFL.
1: If if, if you're stretching for a first down, if, if there's a first down to be had at the 35 yard line, and you stretch for it and you drop it and you fumble it and it goes out of bounds should that then be a turnover like should the, should, no, should the defense not take the possession zone. because I, that's what i mean so we are we are differentiating so much based upon the end zone now well
4: it's a big part of the field if you run out of bounds at the 25 it's not a touchdown Kim is a big end zone guy. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a good rule. Cam he find that place sacred. I love when they score and I love when they turn it over. What can I say? Did your
0: grandfather create this rule? Yeah.
4: <laughs> My grandfather, John Enzone Pratt, is very proud of this rule and I'm here to defend it. Well played. All right, trivia.
3: Uh, Josh Allen has thrown 21 touchdown passes
4: in the playoffs.
3: That is the most by any quarterback that has never started a Super Bowl. My question for you three is... Who ranks second? Who has thrown the second most touchdown passes
1: in the playoffs among quarterbacks to never start a Super Bowl? It's a great question. The answer is next on ESPN Radio. greenie the podcast greenie with you here on espn radio hashtag crew around us great weekend of football in so many ways a classic yesterday allen versus mahomes and hembo trivia
5: wow okay and how are your trivia skills this is
0: sneaky hembo trivia regular sneaky or extra sneaky
1: All right, so Brandon's in with a guest. Bubba and Cam, I'll go first today if you want. Should I repeat the question? Oh, that's right. My fault. Uh, Please repeat the question. Just in case. Uh, Josh Allen has thrown
3: 21 touchdown passes in his playoff career. That is already the most by any quarterback without ever starting a Super Bowl. My question for you is, who ranks
1: second on that list? So I have three guys in mind. The first name that came to my mind was Andrew Luck who I think just didn't play long enough. He had some big playoff games, but I just think he didn't play enough of them, so I discounted him. My next guy I thought of was Warren Moon, who played really well on a bunch of good playoff teams. He probably, I mean, I remember the game where Frank Wright came back and beat him. I don't remember how many touchdowns Moon would have thrown, but his teams were good. They made the playoffs every year, and they never got to the Super Bowl. So he was, my guess, until... One last guy jumped into my head, and my guess is going to be Phillip Rivers, who made the playoffs a trillion times and always fell short, lost to Peyton, lost to Brady, lost to the Jets one time. So my guess is going to be Phillip Rivers. Cam?
4: Yeah, it was between Phillip Rivers and another Chargers quarterback. I'm going with Dan Fouts.
1: Oh, shame on me for not thinking of Fouts. That's a good guess. Okay, we got a Rivers and a Fouts.
0: Yeah, I'm with uh, you, Greeny. with thinking. The first name that popped into mind was Warren Moon. Um, Then I thought of Rivers after, but I'm sticking with my initial guess,
1: and I'm sticking with Warren Moon. All right, we have a Moon, we have a Rivers, we have a Fout, and Brandon?
3: Uh, uh, Brandon's saying Romo, and Jack is saying Rivers.
1: So Jack is saying Rivers because he doesn't know anything that happened in football more than 10 years ago, (laughs) and Brandon is saying Romo, which is an interesting one. I'm trying to think how many playoff games Romo – would have started it. It's a lot, so that's not a bad guess. All right, the guesses are all in. They're all pretty good. Hembo, the correct answer. Warren Moon. Oh! <laughs> Bubba gets it Stay right. Stay hot, kid. Bubba gets it right. Bubba's on fire. Yeah, Bubba is Enfuego. What does what is that? Is he over 500?
4: He's 7-5. and five. Wow. Wow. Wow!
1: Bubba makes the playoffs. There we go. Uh, that's, a, that's a pretty remarkable record in what is a tough game to play. How about the rest of the scores?
4: Uh, you and I are six and seven. Brandon's two and seven. Jack's zero oh and six. And Dominique Foxworth is zero oh and one.
1: Okay, fair enough. So there's the standings for this year. Congratulations. What are
4: the uh, stats from these touchdown? Uh, th- what's oh, the, yeah, yeah what's Sure, the I'll pull for? up the whole list. So um, again,
3: uh, Josh Allen has twenty-one. Uh, Warren Moon had seventeen. And then next closest is Phillip Rivers with sixteen. Okay. So that's an excellent guess. Obviously, was Romo right close answer. at
0: all? I was curious about him. Romo
3: was not that close. Okay, I, I didn't, I didn't think so. Yeah, Fouts had 12. Uh, Andrew Luck had 12. And then Romo here, I was on his page before, uh, had eight, only eight. Okay, Fair yeah, enough. I think Yikes.
1: Romo All right, we got a couple of breaking news pieces here, some tweets. Not, not the hugest stuff, but it's worth mentioning. Jeremy Fowler is reporting that Ron Rivera is interviewing with the Eagles oh God. for their defense. <laughs> Why did you just say that? He was an effective defensive coordinator, and, and it was an effective. He coached a team to a Super Bowl. You, he's not good enough to coordinate your defense. He is not
3: good enough. To, well, I mean, he's good enough to coordinate our defense, oh my uh, God. but not the desired defense that I would like to see on the field.
1: Who do you want to be your defensive coordinator? I want Rex Ryan to be. You our cannot defensive take coordinator. Rex away from me on Mondays. I refuse to allow it. I him. understand.
4: There's a big conflict I'm not letting of interest Rex here. go
1: back to be a defensive if coordinator. If Rex goes them, to
4: the Eagles, then you can just hire Ron Rivera to sit next to you.
1: I I, I, I have told Rex a million times I will allow him to go back and coach again if he is going to become a head coach. I'm not allowing him to go back and be a coordinator.
3: Well, who's to say that after one year of coordinating the Eagles to the Super Bowl, he can't become the
1: Jets head coach? I am to say that. (laughs) Oh, I see. (laughs) He could become the Jets head coach now anyway. He could absolutely do that, and it would be just fine by me. They're going to need a new coach next year. So I I would be 100% fine if it was Rex. Anyway, um, so we have that one, and then we have Shefty reporting. Michigan head coach Jim Harbaugh is expected to meet this week for a second time with the Chargers about their head coaching job. I don't understand what all these these multiple meetings are for. Like, what is it we're trying to figure out here? What haven't we determined? What do you need to know about Jim Harbaugh that you can't find out in one meeting? He's incredibly <laughs> effective. His record speaks for itself. And he's a very, very unusual dude. <laughs> yeah, well,
0: both these people, Belichick and Harbaugh, are not exactly Mr. Personality. We're talking about two,
1: like, seven-hour meetings for both. What are they talking about these entire times? Like- I-, I can Football. tell you that... I think if I sat in a room for seven hours with either one of those guys, the last thing I'd want to do is do it again. Yeah, (laughs) I'd I'd love to hear their stories about football, but as far as any way I can get out of this room. And look, I love Jim. I don't know Bill hardly at all. I love Jim Harbaugh. I think he is a slam dunk. I have been telling you for months. I've been telling you for a year and a half since I was at that funeral that he wants to coach Justin Herbert. What are we waiting for here, people? I don't understand what's going on. What Price? is it Arthur Blank needs to find out from Bill uh, Belichick he doesn't already know?
3: I think you're asking the wrong question. I think this is a stall technique by Belichick and Harbaugh, if I
1: because had to Because they're guess. waiting to find out what? Wh- what else might become available. I don't well, what else, else is. Dallas didn't become available. Philadelphia didn't become available. Not yet. No one who lose, not
3: yet? Well, who's to say that there could not be a change of heart still? like We're moving fast in this industry, but that doesn't mean that owners
1: do. There could still be things that happen. Well, at minimum, I saw Jerry Jones release a statement about. I don't Mike think McCarthy Dallas is becoming
3: available, but I think Buffalo could.
1: I think there's still a non zero chance that Jeffrey Lurie changes his mind. What, what, I didn't see it this weekend. Did the Eagles actually announce this, or do we just assume based on the firing of Desai that he's coming back? B. Right Cam, there was no.
3: I didn't see. I, it. I didn't see a statement. There was or nothing anything. on the Jeffrey Desai Lurie letterhead. The is
4: gone, and you know someone tweeted about Patricia's contract is up, mm. and that he'll be a top DC candidate, which was a hilarious tweet <laughs> to read. Yeah, that's which, a, that's agent league? talk if I've ever seen it. But uh no, they did not announce formally anything. Mm-hmm. But Nick Sirianni is in the decision making. But it is interesting that they have not come out and said he's our head coach next year.
1: Mm.
3: Yeah, that, that, that's why I'm still kind of holding out hope for for something else to happen. I don't expect it to at this point.
0: But, but I mean, how can they be interviewing defensive coordinators for if they're going to be keeping their coach?
3: All I'm saying is until I hear it from the horse's mouth, Baba, I'm not going to assume for sure that he's coming back. That's all.
1: Well, I don't know that you're going to hear it from the horse's mouth. I mean, the owner doesn't have to – most team's owners don't come out and say we're, we're not firing our coach. They say we are firing our coach or they say nothing most of the time. And in this case, they're saying nothing. I don't, I don't think you should expect to hear it. I I think, well, look, what do I know? Maybe there are behind the scenes conversations going on with Belichick in Philadelphia. That said, if I'm Arthur blank, I would have hired Bill Belichick by now. I don't need a second interview to do it. If I were the Spanos family, I would have hired uh, Jim Harbaugh by now. I don't need a second interview to do it. And then some of these other coaching jobs can start falling, you know, like ducks in a row. You can start making decisions right now. Everyone is waiting for those things. The hot coordinators, Aaron Glenn, the defensive coordinator in Detroit, I think is going to get a job. The offensive coordinator in Detroit, Ben Johnson, I think is going to get a job. Really good. Who else are we thinking of? Who Who were who the other? The other hot
3: coordinators, like yeah. the next hottest coordinator, if you will, is is Mike McDonald, the DC from, from Baltimore, Baltimore, who everyone's in love with and for good reason. So I mean, someone can take Michigan. Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn is is I think going to wind up
1: in Seattle. Seattle. Bubba.
3: That's what that's what everyone seems to think.
1: Let's well, Bubba is ready to write him off. Anyway, to to finish it up today, where we began it, I am grateful as a football fan for yesterday. Like those are that that day and every piece of it was made it better. The Taylor Swift of it all made it better. The Jason Kelsey of it all made it better. The fans of it all. The guy crying like honestly bawling. B-A-W-L-ing after the game made it better. And Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes made it incredible. Incredible. It was a magnificent day of football. And And then there were four. We will dive into that as we continue tomorrow. Hope you'll be along with us for the ride. Greeny on ESPN Radio.
0: Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio